Welcome. You are listening to the Retirement Lifestyle Show with Roshan Lungani, Eric Olson, and Adrian Nicholson. This show is an exploration of ideas to help you work toward your ideal retirement. Get ready for the financial independence of your dreams. Welcome to the Retirement Lifestyle Show. I'm your co-host, Roshan Lungani, here with Adrian Nicholson this week. Adrian, with a fresh haircut, how are you doing today? I appreciate it, Roshan. I'm feeling good. Summertime, so I'm just going really, really short now. So I'm just enjoying it. New look. So I'm feeling good and ready to go today. That's great. Stay cool in this in this weather as it's warming up for us. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't been too bad, really. Normally in May, it can get really hot in our area, but we've been getting some cool weather recently, which has been nice. I've been golfing a lot, so I've been really taking as much advantage of it as possibly can. Oh, that sounds amazing. I have not been, I haven't played golf in a long time. So it sounds like, sounds like you're having a lot of fun. I'd love to make it back out there sometime soon. Yeah. I mean, anything outdoors right now has just been good with the weather we've been having. So whatever you like, just go for it at this point before it gets super hot around the summertime. Yeah. The majority of my outdoor time has been on the field at my daughter's soccer games more, more than anything else. So yeah. But yeah, it has been been nice to get outside. We have some great topics today. We're revisiting some topics we promised to get back to. So Adrian, why don't you start us off? Yeah, one topic we talked about before was artificial intelligence. And right now you're seeing some companies really do well as far as their stock price right now. We have people out there that are saying, is this a bubble? Is this not? Is this hype? Is it not? So... That's just one area I just want to go back and just have a discussion with you today, Roshan, just get to know your thoughts as well. Is AI worth all the hype right now? Are these stock prices a bubble or not? And some people are actually really comparing this back to what the dot-com bubble was and compared to crypto rallies and NFT rallies. It's really just being compared to all the hype and all the price increases that you've seen historically right now. So you have any initial thoughts so far? Well, a couple things I saw that, that I thought were really interesting. One is NVIDIA was the first trillion dollar chip stock as briefly yesterday. That would have been on May 30th. It didn't close that way, but it did, it did get there. The next thing that I saw that was interesting is now this is as of May 17th, so as of a few weeks ago, without AI, the S&P would have been negative on the year. And with AI at that, at that point, it was up almost 9%. So you can see the, the flurry around AI, and you can also see the, the interest around it, the investment, the, mar- the markets you know, following AI space. And you know, we're even seeing products that, that we use, like ChatGPT, that are being talked about and used a lot now. Yeah, exactly. And there's a story out there or a stat out there that shows that there's an AI app that within two months had more downloads than TikTok. And if anybody's not familiar with what TikTok is, it's basically like a social media app where you can just go and look at videos and see what people are posting for for us content. But you have an AI app that's getting more downloads than a popular app like TikTok right now. So of course, that's going to draw 
attention from a lot of people. And I think this is just a good point, just to let our listeners and viewers know that we're just really having a discussion here. We're not making any recommendations far as the company or the specific sector we're talking about today. We're really just having a discussion because a lot of people are looking at it, thinking about it, and just wanting to have a discussion. So we thought it'd be helpful to hear what we have to say about it today. So we always recommend you to do your research, consult with any professionals you have when you're looking at this space. That's the that's just the best way to go about it too, because again, it's something that is really garnering a lot of attention from people. So people are wondering if AI is going to be a right fit for their portfolio or not. And that's just really gonna vary by the individual. So having a really a risk management look at it as well is really important right now because AI, as we know, is just being talked about all the time because of its many uses and applications, which Roshan, you talked about, you're using as well as me as well too, using ChatGPT as a way to just gather more information, do research, whatever whatever it has. It's It's really fascinating how many areas AI is really impacting right now. I think that's too, you could probably agree why it's being examined by a lot of people. Yeah, there's so much that it can do. And there, there are people, you've had multiple people come out and say, you know, we need to be really careful with this or slow down the pace because of how, how quickly it's going. But yeah, there's a lot, I think, and tell me if I'm mistaken, but I think the app you were referring to that had more downloads was actually ChatGPT. Yes, that, that was it. And for it to compete along with TikTok is it's, it's pretty impressive. And just to see how long this will continue is something that investors really need to consider as well. I think one thing that people are really looking at is the IPO market right now. You're not, even though you're seeing a lot of this increase in prices regarding artificial technology companies as well, you're not seeing a lot of new people entering the market right now. So that's something too that you should monitor as well to see if this is something going to be long lasting. And going back to how people are comparing this to the dot-com bubble, this is where I will start deferring with other people where with the dot-com bubble, you're getting all these companies getting these tremendous valuations and increase in stock prices, but they really didn't have any earnings. But in some cases, as far as artificial technology companies, they are experiencing these big valuations, but historically they have been making money. They have strong balance sheets. I wouldn't say all of them, some do. This is where you have to do your research to see which ones would be a big fit. But that's something where you have to really take a look at. Is this company making money? How have they done in the past? Look at their fundamentals. That's stuff that people really should consider, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, for sure. When you talk about investment thesis, I think looking into the companies, uh, you've got to look into each one individually, what they're doing, their business plan, and so on. And as you had mentioned earlier, that's that. that so I, we're not recommending anything. We're saying speak to speak to an advisor, do your own do your own homework. When you talked about AI's impact, I had to look this up because I couldn't remember the numbers. But I found this the numbers to just be huge. McKinsey Research Institute said, and this was in 2018 they published this, but they had predicted that 400 million people could be displaced as far as their job goes as a result of AI by 2030. I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. That is a concern right now with AI's impact on the economy as well. And 
with something as we know that gets all this buzz and is talked about, that's when people in DC really start to lock their eyes on it and start talking about certain regulations that need to go into it as well. So that's also something that while we're having this discussion today that people really need to look at as well. Regulation will have a big impact as artificial intelligence can, continues or if it doesn't continue to really impact the overall economy. So that's something that people need to have in their, in their rear view mirror. And I will also take maybe a different stance as well. I know I talked about how this is a little bit different than the dot-com bubble, but far as a technical standpoint, that's also something that's really grabbed my attention as well. You're looking at a lot of indicators that are signaling a lot of these AI companies, these AI stock prices are entering overvalued territory. So one metric I look at as well, it's called the relative strength index. I'm sure you're familiar with it, Roshan. This is something that can show whether a certain stock sector, whatever it may be, has entered either an overbought or an oversold territory. So that's something that people can look at as well where they do the research, where the definition of the relative strength index, is a, like I mentioned, it's a technical indicator that measures the speed and change of price movements by comparing the magnitude or different degrees of recent price gains and recent price losses. And it's displayed basically as a line graph between zero and 100, where anything above 70 is considered overbought and anything below is below 30 is considered oversold. So you're seeing some AI companies go above the 70 mark and get into this overbought territory. So that's something too, where people need to consider if this is a good entry point or not. And that's why we're saying, do your research, talk to professional, be careful, or really see how this would play a role in your portfolio, whether it's a big role or small role. This is where risk management is extremely important in this space where you're looking at certain technicals. I'll get into one more other technical, but what are your thoughts so far about that, Roshan? Well, I was just thinking, not specific on the technicals, just how big an impact that is. Like that jobs number of 400 million, I mean, that's, the pop that's greater than the population of the United States, right? So you think about it there, that, I think that's why you're seeing, like you're comparing it to the dot-com bubble, or I've heard it called a gold rush in this space, it's because the impact could be that huge. And it is, and I compared it to the dot-com bubble, but it's just something that you always see when it comes to investing in markets. It's every year, it seems like it's just something new, but over time, it's just one new thing comes out. And artificial intelligence, as we know, isn't really new. It's been around, but it's just something that when it locks hold of a group of investors or it's in the news a lot, it really can just draw a lot of attention. So that's why we really just want to say you got to be careful, do your homework, do your research, consult just to see how this can play a role or maybe shouldn't and maybe you wait for maybe the next thing that might come along, whatever it, whatever it may be. But I'll get into another technical indicator as well that I've been looking at as, is moving averages. These, as we talked about in previous podcasts before, it's another technical indicator. And I'll just go over the definition if you're new to this. This is an average of past price points over a specified period of time. And this can help you identify trends, support and resistance levels for certain price movements within a certain investment, which can help you find entry or exit points. And you're seeing a lot of these moving averages just get crushed right now with the recent rally in this space. So 
these moving averages, there's a term that can be said where there is a regression to the mean where if a stock goes up so much, it can come back down to these certain moving averages. So when you're seeing an AI stock break above all these moving averages, that's something that maybe you, some people may say, oh, that's some caution that I need to really look at here. Or maybe you just ignore it altogether, depending on other data that you found. That's something else that you should be looking at and considering as well when you do your research on this. Yeah, I completely, completely agree. There's, and, and you were talking about the technicals and, you know, we, we did go over some of the fundamentals when we just talked about the market itself and how much things are, things are growing, but that's something to look at also is what's the, what's the business model? What's the, what's the company doing just to really get an understanding of what's going on, not only in the space, but with the specific company. Exactly. Another big fundamental that people are familiar with is price to earnings right now. What is the stock price now? As we know, a lot of these prices, people are considering them very high compared to their earnings right now. And how much are people willing to pay for future earnings as well? What are the what are they forecasting as well? People are willing to are they willing to pay a premium right now for that? And that's something else that you need to look at as well, just to see how far you want to extend those dollars. But yeah, agreed. And do, do you have anything to add on your data? You know, it's funny where you mentioned this this topic today, the AI space, there was an article just yesterday about IBM saying they're going to replace 8,000 jobs with AI. So this, you know, we're, we're seeing that, I mentioned that study that's from 2018. So that's five years ago. And with just huge numbers, that's just an example of something happening, you know, right now and real, real numbers. And the term I'd used was displaced because I think there will be a shift. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but as an example, we actually on, on our podcast, I think a year or two ago, talked about how McDonald's was replacing workers with those uh, touchscreens. So you go in touchscreen and click through to get to get your order there. And yes, that replaces the worker that would have been at the register. But now you need people who can service and maintain those touchscreens. So I'm not sure what that that side will be on the AI space, but there there will be opportunities created, not just not just job losses. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, one of the most common ones that we talked about, we use is just chat GPT right now. And I really just compare that to a, a search engine where you ask it a question and it gives you an answer or you ask it to do something. And whether it's like coding or whatever it may be, you just have to also cons consider just asking it the right questions. Because if you ask it something that you really don't aren't very clear about, it could give you wrong answer as well. So we have talked about in pre previous podcasts, some of the pros and cons of it. And if you're interested more in the cons of it on how it may not be so great of a technology and how it can be impacted, or how to be careful with it, I definitely will recommend you check that out. I'll put that episode in the show notes for listeners that they want to go revisit that episode to get more of a definition of an overview of what artificial intelligence is as well. Where today I just really wanted to talk about the current events that are going on with it. Yeah, and and they're definitely a top top and very pop, top story and very popular story right now. Mm -hmm. And then my last really point that I want to hit home with this is something I talked about in a previous podcast as well, where we were talking about the NFT space, where I mentioned basically. So right now, when we talk about bubbles, there it really does 
encompass a lot of things or maybe a lot of companies or a lot of sectors in this space. Where I see AI technology, I do see some AI companies doing really well and really progressing in the future, but I also see some of them just failing or not making any money or whatever it may be. And that's where I really want to hit home on the fact where it is important to do your homework and do your research to look into this space if you're interested, because a lot of a lot of companies may be benefiting from this rally in this space, but over time, their business model, like you mentioned, Roshan, won't hold up to the test of time or they'll just run out of money, where some will succeed and some will fail. And that's where you really need to have that conversation or look into it as best you can and see if this is a good fit for you or not. Yeah. Yeah. We always say that. Do your do your homework. That That's a great area to revisit. As I said, especially right now with what's going on, it's very timely. I've got one that I also think is timely. Just an update on what we talked a few weeks ago, which was banking stocks and looking for opportunities in that space. And I'll just review. I Disclose your time again. Talk to your advisor. Feel free to reach out to us. We're here to help as well. But I've been researching bank stocks, starting with just the sector overall. What I'm looking for are, are there opportunities of companies to buy Yes, sort of the baby being thrown out with the bathwater. Those are the opportunities we're searching for. And I'll just give you a quick update. So I, I started out just looking at really the opportunity in the in the banking space as a whole. You know, just looking at what 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 happened with Silicon Valley Bank, what are the things to look for and to avoid. And we covered that just a, a couple episodes ago where we where we touched on on that and things to look at. And then I, I started that and I, I got a list of banks I wanted to look deeper into. There were eight names on that list. And I started out with, with one of them, which I'm still in the middle of researching. So no buys or anything done. And you know, just for, for compliance reasons, I'm not going to disclose the name. But I'll give you an update and I'll tell you what I found, what I've been learning, and what... I see as the opportunity. The first thing, I have a standard checklist I use, which we've also covered on a, on a previous episode. And I, I started out with that, but I added some items specific to banks in this crisis. Those items were, and, and actually I'll, I'll start at the top because somebody's got added along the way as well. But the number one item I added, which I put at the top, is do I consider this a speculative or a stable bank? And I added that at the top because that's not something that'll eliminate a potential purchase. What that'll do is that'll limit the size of that purchase so from a full position to more of a partial position. And this one bank I looked at, I termed as speculative for a couple reasons. One is the business that they're in as a bank. Two is I'm also, and this is also something I've added to the to the list, is their bond rating. So they got to have a triple B minus rating it did go down slightly but not significantly and even if you hear speculative and you hear this bond rating you might think well you know why didn't you pass on on the bank i think there's there's more going on but if you're doing your own research and and you don't want any part of your portfolio in speculative or in that type of bond rating that would be a good reason for you to move on the next thing on the list, return on equity. Now, this specific bank has a uh, historical median of almost 16%. And 
and a five-year average of almost 19%. An unanswered question I have that I'll need to answer before making any move is how are they getting this, this such high return on equity? They're doing a lot better than their competitors. And this data point, this return on equity number, that's why I'm looking at them first. What, I'm, what I'd like ideally is a business I can invest in for the long term that can grow just by doing what they've been doing. And the, their growth using return on equity, what they're returning to me as a shareholder, is a really good number, but is it sustainable going forward? Well, one thing, you probably will get into it as well, but I know some banks out there have some attractive dividends and with their price going down, it could look even more attractive. But it, the question is, are they going to continue to pay that dividend, especially if they have issues with their business or they just go under whatever it may be. Is that something else that you're looking at as well? Or definitely on the list a little bit a little bit further down, but I'll review what I'm first looking at is do I think the dividend is safe? The dividend being safe in my mind means it can be covered through their operations and they aren't paying out more more than they can sustain. Not only if it is it covered by their operations, but they're also retaining enough capital to con- continue growing their business. Because if I want this return on equity number to, to stay as high as it is, but they're giving all the all their money back to their shareholders via dividends, it's not going to be able to, to hit that target. So that's a that's a good one, Adrian. A very important one. The dividend being safe, I think, is also important because if I am looking to buy, I I'm I am wondering will it is it a good price now, a good time now, or should I wait? Will it get cheaper? And if they end up cutting their dividend, I think you would see that their stock price decline. So that is an important one with the dividends. Yes, the numbers are going up. Are they safe? What have they done historically? Can they maintain it? Then what have they done just recently? You know, they're are they continuing with their with their dividend or are they are they have they given any kind of guidance to make it feel not safe? So this particular bank I'm looking at the dividend looks safe. And then I also looked at their dividend payout ratio compared to their competitors. And they end up, they're actually about half of their competitors in a dividend payout ratio. So that's another thing to make me feel like they are paying a safe, a safe dividend. And you know, going back to what I'd said earlier about investment type, is it speculative or stable? And then the position size, this is one thing where I would take position size into account or limited. If I think the dividend's at risk, I might, but I'm not sure. I think the dividend's at risk, but I'm not sure just based on the data. I might still look at buying, but I'd want to make sure I buy less than my target so that if there is a dividend cut, I could add to that position later. Hmm. That's good. And then my other question was, and I'm sure this may be on your list as well, does as a size a bit consideration depending on like the bank size? Because as we know, there's, especially in the baking sector, large versus medium versus small size is a big consideration on the, the business as a whole. It definitely is. And once I get through all those names on my list, I think I said there were eight of them. I will, size will make a difference, particularly on the position size. I started with this specific bank first because the return on equity number is so high compared to its competitor. So if I want to buy a business that's going to continue to to grow or, you know, the term used, you know, we'll use sometimes as a compounder, the business will continue to grow internally. And I, for, you know, you know ideally forever, they can you know, keep, keep growing. 
that's what I want. So when I look at this this banking crisis, I'm not looking at the names that have dropped the most or anything like that. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, okay, can I use this as an opportunity to get a good price on a good bank that can keep keep growing as it's done in the past? So I'm I am looking at the at the size. It's just as you as I'm allocating my time, the size factor is not the primary one. There are big names on the list and and they seem like they'd be a little bit safer, but the smaller names tend to have declined a little bit more so they may have a better opportunity. And then when you add on top of that the business itself and the return on equity numbers, that makes me more interested in in starting there. Next on my list that always there whenever I'm looking at is valuation. And you know, banks oftentimes you'll look at a price to book value number. And what I'm looking at here is where is it now and where where has it been historically? So this specific bank is, is you know, trading well below book value and its historical trend line actually trades above book value. So that to me is I'm always looking for a good business at a good price. The good business, at least the starting point, is that return on equity for me, for the banks. And the valuation, you know, is, is it a good price? And with it trading below book, a good price is important. Next, this is something that, you know, a bigger concern with this current environment of what's going on, but how much of their deposits are uninsured? A big issue with Silicon Valley Bank was they had the highest uninsured deposit rate, so the highest amount of deposits, over 250000 And people can move that money so quickly now with their phone that the uninsured deposits, that, that's the bank run, right? Everyone trying to pull their money out at once. Well, the uninsured deposits are what the biggest risk factor are in that space. And that's something that's been added to my list. This specific bank had 21%. And they've been able to bring that number down, which gives me confidence in, in the bank and in the management team, the fact that they've been able to lower their risk. Next, I want to look at how much is the commercial loan portfolio as a percentage of their loan and looking deeper into that commercial loan portfolio. The reason being, there's a lot of talk that the next shoe to fall in the banking space is commercial loans. The fact that you have a lot of office spaces that are vacant, companies needing less office space, people wanting to work from home and working home from working more from home. So when these commercial loans mature and they have to be refinanced, is this bank at risk of you know ta- having to take over the properties or the them the people they're lending money to defaulting on their loans? So I want to figure out how much of it there is, and in addition to that. I want to dig deeper, and all this information is available in their in their annual reports. I want to dig deeper into what the loans are. So, in this case, they were about a third of the portfolio, and then I also am looking at how much of their capital are are invested in held to maturity type loans. That's where a lot of the a lot of the long term government debt would fall under. That's where Silicon Valley Bank put a lot of their money, and the increase in interest rates, all the Fed rate hikes caused those long-term values of those loans to decline significantly. So once again, if they've got to sell those loans, those bonds to give money to their depositors, they're going to take a loss. I want to know how much is at risk. And in this specific bank, it, it appears to be a safe, a safe number. The other thing I added on to was their 
capital requirements, how much they're required to keep by the regulators versus how much they have. And I'm looking for a bank that's got more than the, uh, a decently significant amount more than their target percentage. So this specific bank I mentioned they that I'm looking into, they met all this criteria well. Some of it, I wouldn't say with flying colors. You know, there, there are definitely some things that are that are questionable that I'm digging further into. However, however, they've met the requirements I want, at least good enough for me to continue researching. And as I mentioned to this point, not not a purchase yet. So good enough to research, not necessarily good enough to buy at this point. But beyond that, you know, specific to what the categories I mentioned, which I'd call sector risk specifically in this current market environment, then I just have transitioned over to my regular checklist, which the high cat the the high level categories are looking into the business to understand the business, looking into management, looking into what could go wrong, uh, looking deeper into valuation. I, I mentioned price to book earlier for valuation. That to me was, am I getting a good deal? The next stage of valuation for me is, is what do I think the business is worth? Am I comfortable holding it for more than two years? Why do I think I'm right and the market is wrong at this time? And then what percentage should I buy? And as I mentioned earlier with this specific one, because I'm viewing it as speculative, I'm going to be looking at a smaller, smaller position as it is. And then my final category is just notes of what else I need to look up, look into. And I'll just read some of them for this bank. They've been growing really rapidly. How have they been able to do that? And, and can this last? Next, something I don't like that I've got to look into is their share counts been going up. And I want to know why and to see if this trend will shift. Interestingly, on their last earnings call, there was a question asked to them about uh, will, there, will they buy their shares as, you know, as the share prices come down? Will they do some share buybacks? And the management gave an answer that I think is, is perfectly fair in this environment. They had said, no, they're not doing buybacks because they think the most important thing is to keep their balance sheet solid at the moment, which I agree with. If, if they do have a lot of withdrawals coming in, they want to be able to... to meet those withdrawals and keep the bank running. Uh, the next two questions I have is they had a couple acquisitions in the last few years, and I just want to evaluate, do I think they they paid a good price or got a good deal for them? Because in my mind, that's another issue with management, right? Is if management's overpaying for acquisitions, that's usually not an investment I want to align myself with for the long term. So as I mentioned, I don't have a conclusion yet. I've just got jumped enough hurdles to continue researching this. Once I'm done with this one, I will move on to the next names on the list as well. Adrian, do you have any questions? I know I just downloaded a lot of information on you at once. I mean, it's a lot of great information. It's really interesting just to see how you go about the whole process and can't wait to hear more about it. Yeah, and once I finalize it and uh, and we... Uh, actually are able to buy some some uh, banks or we move on and say we didn't like the opportunity either whatever it is I'll, I'll be happy to share an update with everyone and uh, and uh, Adrian I liked your topic today uh, really as well AI I think with both of us covered uh, what are getting a lot of headlines now with artificial intelligence and uh, the banking sector as well 
for those of you listening, thank you for joining joining us. This has been another episode of the Retirement Lifestyle Show. We'll be back next week. Please give us five stars, like, subscribe, tell your friends and family. This has been the Retirement Lifestyle Show. Schedule a conversation with Roshan, Adrian, or Eric today at retirementlifestyleshow.com. Roshan and Eric are certified financial planner practitioners. They, along with Adrian, are investment advisor representatives and serve clients across the U.S. with financial planning and investment advice through RHA Wealth. If you found this show helpful, gain knowledge, or enjoy the time you spent with us, tell your friends and leave us a five-star review. This will help others discover the show. To access our show notes, to download any of the tools mentioned in today's podcast, to ask us a question or to schedule a conversation, go to retirementlifestyleshow.com. All opinions expressed by podcast hosts and guests are solely their own. While based on information they believe is reliable, neither RTA Wealth nor its affiliates warrants its completeness or accuracy, nor do their opinions reflect the opinion of RTA Wealth. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be regarded as specific advice or recommendations for any individual. Before making any decisions, consult a professional. The show hosts offer investment advice through RTA Wealth Advisors, LLC, an SEC registered investment advisor, and securities through RTA Wealth Management, LLC, member FEMRA, SIPC, and NFA. Finally, our music is The Chance by Jason Shaw in Audionautics. It's part of the YouTube Audio Library and it's licensed under a Creative Commons license. I am Ray Voices. Thank you for listening.